Blog Talk Radio. Jim, the music's not playing. If you want to go ahead and do an intro. Good evening, America. This is the uh, Republic for United States of America. Uh, you can go to republicforunitedstatesofamerica.org. Uh, you can do your research there and educate your family. Uh, you can also order the books there and donate to the Republic. The books are Reinhabited Volume 1 and Reinhabited Volume 2, written by Gene and Dave Hurtler. But America, this is, this is you here in America. So stand strong. Governor Thank Carpenter, you. are you available? Thank you, Governor Henney. I've had myself muted. Yeah, anyway, welcome to Restoring Your Republic, brought to you by Republic for the United States of America. And Governor Henney from the great state of Wisconsin just, uh, just showed you how, uh, how you can, where you can go to follow up and get involved. You know, we have uh, Governor Henney, myself, I'm uh, Governor Carpenter from Colorado Free State. Um, we have uh, David Herger from uh, the author, co-author of several books, uh, Reinhabited, books one and two of his wife, Jean, um, highly acclaimed books, historical books, truthful books about our history. And we have uh, Representative Binder. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight, Mark. You're from Iowa, is that right? And, uh yeah, well, you got to forgive me, you know. I'm getting that old man stuff. And, uh, um, David, uh, welcome. We're all we're all kind of sitting around the table tonight. And, uh, you know, the neat thing about uh, being involved in this effort to restore our republic over the last uh, 12, 15 years, um, it gives us a person perspective and uh, during that time we've had conflict and problems and, and obstacles and and everything that could come with uh, trying to get a bunch of uh, patriots together at the same table but you know what we've managed to do that and done it in a legal and lawful peaceful way for the benefit of you, the American people. And we've come to realize that uh, this whole thing is it's described in the Constitution and historical documents is based on uh, pilgrims wanting to serve God in their own way, their own interpretation of what the Holy Scriptures brought them to understand and realize that uh, the domination of kings um, they weren't free to, to follow the true path because the kings always skewed things to their benefit. And if they couldn't skew it, they enforced it. Interesting as we look at what's going on today. And we've realized that someday the Christian people had a choice to make. And either they were going to wake up and realize that they were being held captive, but the keys to the, to the lock had been unlocked and the gates had been opened 
and now they have a choice to make. Whose jurisdiction do they choose to follow? The ones that brought our forefathers here to this king, uh, this land, or the enemy that took over the form of an international corporation run into the throne and through the Vatican. And we knew that once the Christians had this understanding, then the Holy Spirit could come work within them and prompt them and really find out whether they had it together enough to walk on out of that confinement. So it's interesting in our in our group old men here tonight, uh, a new book by David Barton uh, has come out. And uh, David Barton might say, uh, Ed, I know for a fact, has uh, received and, and read Re-Inhabited Books 1 and 2 by David and Gene Hurtler and uh, co- responded back appropriately with commentations for its original content. That's a strong statement coming from that source. And so this book that he has uh, brought forth brings forth the conversation that we've been having and refining for the last over a decade. And that is the role of Christians in government. And so I welcome uh, welcome you, David, David Herbert. Would you clarify the title of that book and, and what you'd like to share about that as a conversation tonight? Yes. Uh, yes. Thanks, Governor Carpenter. The role of pastors and Christians in civil government by David Barton. Would you like me to continue on? Yes, sir. The, the floor is yours. All right. Thank you so much, Governor Carpenter. Uh, Mr. Gibson for allowing us to be on this program and to deliver. Uh, I want to talk to you tonight uh, a little bit about President Woodrow Wilson. President Woodrow Wilson had a real strong bosom buddy, and his name was Colonel Edward Mandel House, and he never served in any service. He wasn't in the Army, Navy, Marines. He wasn't in any of them, but they called him Colonel. And he walked up to President Wilson one day, and this was about the financial maintenance. This is what he said to him. He said, very soon, he said, every American will be required to register their biological property, that's junior children, in a national system to track of the people. And that will operate under the ancient system of pledging. By such methodology, we can compel people to submit to our agenda, which will affect our security as a chargeback for our fiat paper currency. And every American will be forced to register or suffer being able to work and earn a living. They will be our cattle or our slaves, and we will hold the security over them forever. By operation of the law merchant, the de facto court system, under the scheme of security, unknowingly or unwillingly delivering the bales of lading, that would be your birth certificates, to us will be rendered bankrupt and insolvent by their pledges. They will be stripped of their rights 
and given a commercial value designed to make us a profit. And they will be none the wiser, for it's not one man in a million that could ever figure out our plans. And if by accident one or two should figure it out, we have in our arsenal plausible deniability. After all, this is the only logical way to fund government by floating liens and debt to the registrants in the form of benefits and privileges. This will inevitably reap us huge profits beyond our wildest expectations and leave every American a contributor to this fraud, which we will call social insurance. And without realizing it, every American will unknowingly be our servant, however begrudgingly. The people will become helpless and without any hope for their redemption, and we will employ the high office, that would be the President of the United States, selected, not elected, of our dummy corporation, which would be the corporation, the United States, all capital letters, to foment this plot, plot against America. He, later on, you know, around 1913, he discussed the Federal Reserve Act with President Woodrow Wilson. And it is said that Woodrow Wilson never read the Federal Reserve Act. He signed it. I have this feeling he signed it in 2014. It could have been on a February day. There was a few senators. It was introduced in 2013 around Christmas, and there was a whole bunch of legislative branch that went home for Christmas. But there was a few senators around that signed it in a positive note to pass this 2013, this this, this Federal Reserve Act. He never read it. Woodrow Wilson, President Woodrow Wilson, he never read it. He trusted this guy by the, the name of Colonel Edward Mandel House. They were bosom buddies. He distrusted. But now I want to take another spin with you, with President Woodrow Wilson. I'm going to take it from this, this book that, that, that David Barton wrote, The Role of Pastors and Christians in Civil Government. The quote attributed to Woodrow Wilson uh, forcibly pronounces this. This is, what, this is what Woodrow Wilson, I want you to listen very carefully to what Woodrow Wilson, President Woodrow Wilson said. He says, a nation which does not remember what it was yesterday does not know what it is today nor what it is trying to do. We are trying to do a futile thing if we do not know where we have come from or what we have been of that Woodrow Wilson said. Now, here's what David Barton said. Now, remember, I didn't say this. David Barton's at Terrace Bible College above Colorado Springs, and you can see Pikes Peak from the college. He's there at Terrace Bible College, David Barton. And this is what he says in this book. Again, and listen, this book should be on every clergyman's desk. It should be there and not only read, but they should convey to the congregations across America what's in this book. Okay? So it starts off. Here's David Barton. Okay? I'm not, this isn't, these are Okay, these aren't my words. This is David Barton's words. 
this is true with America today. He's responding to what Woodrow Wilson said. We have forgotten where we have come from and what we have been about. And this is especially true when it comes to the role of the church, of ministers, and Christians in the civil arena. Strident voices both inside and outside the Christian community assert that Christians never have been involved in the civil arena and should not be now. Many Christians have even embraced this constricting mentality by adopting a compartmentalized view that allows them to express faith and values, but then divorces those same faith and values from the civil arena. The teachings of the Bible reject this compartmentalized approach to life. In our history, that for generations, Christians embraced a different viewpoint, an excellent indication of how much Americans have forgotten their own history occurs around the 4th of July. If you ask most citizens why America separated from Great Britain, the overwhelming response will be taxation without representation. The answer is equal as far as it goes. State representation was one of 27 grievances listed in the Declaration of Independence it was actually one of the lesser of the 27 complaints. David Barton goes on and he says, listed in the declaration 11 times more often than taxation without representation was the abuse of representative powers. The abuse of military powers was 11 times often. The abuse of dollars four times as often, and a stirring up of domestic insurrection twice as often. Taxation without representation was merely grievance number 17 out of the 27 listed alongside Great Britain, Great Britain's suppression of immigration and her interference with our foreign trade. The taxation issue was given little emphasis in the declaration, yet it is one issue that everyone knows today. Why aren't most familiar with the rest? Let me say that again. David Barton says this. Why aren't most Americans familiar with the rest? The reason is, is that in the 1920s, in the 1930s, and the 40s, a new group of historical penmen began writing in America. Well, they included Charles and Mary Beard, W.E. Woodward, Fairfax Downey, and many others, apparently believing that the only motivating factor in life was money. They began to teach American history with that emphasis, introducing what is known called today the economic approach to American history, authoring books such as The Economic Basis of Politics. They also presented the economic basis of the Constitution, the economic basis of the Revolution. And, in other words, economics became the basis. Since the sole economic clause in the Declaration was taxation without representation, this became the one clause that Americans have learned about in their history books for the past half century. Today, 
after two generations of having been taught that economics is the only thing that matters, behavior now seems to conform to that viewpoint. For example, when it comes to which issues most affect the vote of evangelical Christians in an election, economic issues regarding the pocketbook regularly surpass moral issues specifically identified in the Bible, such as unborn life, traditional marriage, and others. And our national leaders, too, often today are judged not on the basis of their personal competency, moral character, or other leadership traits, but rather on the basis of how the economy is doing, what the unemployment rate is, how the Dow Jones Industrial Average is performing. Yet, a reading of American history books prior to these recent writers, just a reading of the 27 reasons given in the Declaration will present a complete different view of history from that which is taught today. It will reveal that other other more important issues motivated most individuals. And for example, almost done here now, David Barton goes on and he says, for example, in 1760, America's very first missionary society was was chartered, the society to propagate the gospel among Indians and others in North America. Some thought, a really great idea, but King George III apparently thought, oh, that it would compete with the work of the national established church, so he vetoed the charter. This type of action by the king alarmed a number of the founders who contended for religious liberty in America, including the ability to start their own missionary societies, Bible societies, or Sunday school societies. Consequently, founding their Charles Colton and Samuel Adams, both of whom became signers of the Declaration of Independence, cited religious freedom as a reason they became involved in the American Revolution. I'm going to say that again cited religious freedom or religious liberty, if you will, as a reason they became involved in the American Revolution. I just want to give the floor back to you, Governor Carpenter, and we can have this conversation go on. I just want some hot chocolate, and I'll put another log on the fire. You have the floor, sir. (laughs) Well, thank you, David. That's interesting. You know, uh, what you shared I'm an analytic by by nature, um, mm-hmm. and I, that's been my profession. Follow the money is rule number one, and I can make a good case that the religious leaders that had to take the reins of governance because of their education and and their relationship with the people. And so the people naturally sent those religious leaders to be their representatives for a new nation. And over the years, um, two things happened. The first was that 
the clergy abdicated their responsibility to leadership in a governmental level, and nothing lives in a void. So the uh, I'm trying to think of the quote. You can you know it as well as I. The, the men without morals that want to take over and rule us stepped into that void. And the clergy, meanwhile, were very comfortable building their, their mega churches and, and doing what they felt led to do with uh, blessings from the Lord. But they stepped away even further with the Johnson Act to uh, not be involved in politics. And so now we have total evil. And it just seems like a natural progression, and it makes a lot of sense. And so that kind of goes back to my opening statement, you know. Um, We've realized over the years, a decade plus, that not only is this a government up for and by the people, but this is a government up for and by Christian people that have the same moral compass that want to live under the same freedoms because they know how to be moral and just people in a polite society. So my contribution, gentlemen. Anybody else free to speak up? Well, this is David. This is David Hurtler again. I would have the dead dependent in front of me on my desk. But I'd give a favor just for conversation around the fireplace here uh, just to kind of get an idea, let's facts be submitted to a candid world, 27 facts. One of them was he kept among us in time of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislators. Another one was for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us. For protecting them by a mock, listen to this, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment, for any murders which they should commit to the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off trade with all parts of the world, for imploring taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefit of a trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for ended offenses. Another one, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our government. Here's another one. For suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power. Legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. Here's another one. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection in war against us. Oh, King George III. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coast, burned our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. Just to give you a flat beat submitted to a candid world, which was penned by Jefferson. I just wanted to know... Uh, you know, what's your take on this uh, governor from Wisconsin? Do you have anything that you'd like to kind of share? Well, yeah, that's our, thank you, David. Um, our founding fathers, that's what happened here in America, is that we were tired of the tyranny and uh, 
the oppression that they've been putting putting us under and not allowed to worship as we want and wish. Uh, but, you know, America has stood up. Um, we've lost that republic that our founding fathers left for us to protect back from the 1700s. And uh, I know we've mentioned this many times, and it, it seems to be much more clear that's coming across uh, uh, all kinds of media anymore about the uh, 1871 is when the corporation took over, you know, after the assassination of uh, President Lincoln back in the um, 1860s, mid-1863 to 65. Uh, but, yeah, 1871 is the corporation took over, you know, and now the American people are starting to wake up, and there's so many more um, things that people can go out and look at. I mean, I've been looking at... Uh, many things. There's a young military man. His name is uh, Derek Johnson, which I find very encouraging to listen to. Um, I don't mean to get off track here or hope on that, but he's he's trying to wake up the American people to understand that the military, he believes, and I, I also believe that the military is truly in charge right now. But, you know, first of all, our Father God is totally in charge of what's going on here in our country and, and across the world. Uh, which we can always be thankful for because we all live under our Father God's grace. But, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd encourage people to go listen to some of uh, Derek Johnson's stuff. Um, he does have a website online. It's uh, 1776 Nation. Uh, some of the things that you can look up there is the military occupancy, 2016 military and constitution regulated inauguration, President Trump, uh, very interesting. Uh, another title here is Covert Operation. Uh, another title where what's really happening in the Ukraine, uh, Optics 101 by Derek Johnson. Uh, hindsight is 2020. Uh, it goes on and on. There's a couple more here. Military Aircraft Operations and Optics um, and Aircraft Operations Continued. This is a a man that's well studied. He's uh, was in the military, uh, U.S. Army, I believe, uh, uh, and he's a researcher. He studies, he reads, and that's something he's been telling the American people to do. Is you got to read. You know, a lot of people are. We've become uh, complacent about not everybody, but some people just don't like to read. Uh, there's so much there that, like your books, David and Gene, you wrote those books for the American people. Or, you know, it's a, a long read, but it's all good read. It's all factual and truthful, and and that's what America has to get back to is a truthful history here in America. You know, American people have been under uh, curses of disobedience and blinded with the distractions of bread and circuses, uh, years of plenty, rock and rolling. Until now, the bread is dwindling, and the circuses is full of perversity. We are now at a place of prophetic timeline for the rod of correction of Almighty God to be lifted and for the judgment period of the mystery of Babylon to end. You know, and I, I believe that uh, mystery of Babylon is in the process of collapsing, and that would be a great thing for here, not only for America, but for the world. And that paragraph I just read was out of Gene's uh, book, James Timothy Turner, an American president and a political prisoner. It's a legal brief in a court, to the courts of heaven. But America, there is so much there uh, to try to understand, and you, we're watching our elections being stolen from us. And um, but I, I really believe it's all about to come to a, to an end to these criminal this criminal behavior that have been enslaved the American people. 
But I'm going to yield and open the floor to anybody else that'd like to talk this evening. Thank you for allowing me. Well, great presentation, wonderful presentation, Governor Henning. I just want to I just want to detail what you said on the Organic Act in 1871. The federal government had experienced private incorporation, given a business name which was unlawfully and strategically manipulated at every opportunity under the circumstances of change law. In all the states in the union were reformed as franchises or political subdivisions so that a new union of the United America could be created. And in this new union, corporate United States, all capital letters, was under the private rule of those private banking interests. I think the Rothschilds were involved who privatized the District of Columbia through incorporation. Privatized? To transfer from public or government control or owners private enterprise. Okay, IBM. IBM is a private enterprise. Chrysler is a private enterprise. John Deere is a private Ford Motor Company private enterprise. So they made this District of Columbia, they made this thing through to, through incorporation, called it this all capital. You have all capital letters. All you people that are listening to me on your driver's license, capital, you're made a corporation. You are made a slave. Okay. So, so in order for you to be, in order for the government, state government or national government, you have to have control. Direction, direction, restraint. Those four entities have to be involved. But this is not a government. This is an enterprise. This is an enterprise. So, so they don't even want to call it a government. Oh yeah, you can call it. You know, IBM's got their own government. Ford Motor Company's got their own government. That kind of government, but not the government that we Americans want. And you know. These guys, after the Organic Act, talking about presidents selected, FDR said this, that presidents were selected, not elected. Franklin Delano Roosevelt said that. These guys, they, most of them, they were, they were under Luciferian authority. They were Freemason progressive presidents surrounded with people in black, okay, and they were about rejecting the timeless principles of the Declaration of Independence. Progressives believe institutions arrangement of government based upon the separation of powers, checks and balances, and federalism only impeded, obstructed, or hindered effective. Get this. The president, this is what they said. This is what they thought. The president should be trusted with a legislative mandate to administrative agencies. Why is legislative involved in the executive branch? The president should be trusted with a legislative mandate to create administrative agencies and government aid programs to improve the lives of citizens. Now, you look at the you look the the, the the colleges all across America, the Ivy League, okay? Where where are these people coming? Where did these people come out? Representatives to be presidents, 
in in this here since 1871, this organic act that took place, this is 151 years old. You guys, okay? Is is God dead in these colleges? Is God dead in these colleges? Is the is the is the Ten Commandments on the wall in these colleges? You see what they did? Oh, that's a good point. They took prayer out of school. You know, I'm just saying. This, this this is just amazing what they've done over the last 151 years. I yield the floor to well, you. That's a good point. That's a good point, David. That you know, a turning point for our country, definitely not only in law but in um, who who represents the people. Because then, instead of a a government formed by the people, headed by representatives that were respected from the clergy. Uh, they became basically lawyers out of the colleges and the uh, bar association, and they practiced corporate law rather than common law, which is God's law, the law of nature and nature's God. So with all that being said, let's wrap it up for the night. David, you've got a, and Gene, got a new book coming out, and it's, uh, what's the name of it? <laughs> Yeah, uh, God's Solution for America and the Nations of the World. Um, and really, that's basically all I'm going to tell you about. We're wanting to get it published and get it out there. And every clergy, every true Christian should have that book in your library. Every clergyman across in the worship centers across America should definitely invest in that book and then preach what you're in that book to your congregation. With you, well, you know, I, I, look, I look at what's going on around us and, and uh, people and their perception of reality and what their uh, position or calling is in life, and, and I realize one thing, that it's not up to you and me. We're, we're there to help educate people, plant seeds, as all of us are that have that uh, ability and calling. But at the end of the road, um, it's uh, it's about an individual and his relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. And he called the church to come out of her in the end days. Uh, And that didn't mean the world. He was very specific. And mm-hmm. what does that picture look like then? If you follow that lead, it means that there's got to be a place prepared for you. Uh, and what does that look like? Well, it looks like what the laws of nature and nature's God look like according to God's law. And that's what we are holding a place for you, the Americans that have the same moral compass, that have the same spiritual desire to be part of history and we have a great future ahead of us come back and join us again as we continue down this journey thank you governor henny do we have anybody in the queue that would like to make a speak up yeah we have uh three callers here it looks like uh if you um would like to just push one 
And uh, you can chat with us around the fireplace here this evening. Um, we're dial 657-383-0616. Press uh, 1 to enter the queue, and we'll uh, invite you in. I'm not seeing anybody raising their hands, Governor Carpenter. Well, we let's call it evening. Have Representative Binder, can you close us in prayer, please? Absolutely. It would be a, an honor and a privilege. A lot of good conversation going on here, a lot, of, a lot of good historical stuff, especially the Woodrow Wilson presidency from 1913 to 1921, where Roosevelt was first, and Woodrow Wilson really uh, put in three pieces of legislation that really hurt this country. And that's, uh, that's, very, uh, that's very sad for us. Uh, and also, um, Governor Henning was talking about Derek Johnson. And uh, I've seen his stuff. It's uh, excellent. It really is. If you haven't been in the military, and you don't know military codes of justice and everything, it, it firmly and uh, easily explains to you what has been going on since uh, 2020. And uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting um, thing to check out. If you haven't, you should. Uh, his telegram handle is rattletrap1776. That's where he does a lot of his posting. And he also has a website you can get from that um, about all the documents that you might want to look at, the, uh, the executive orders, um, the emergency acts, uh, and also the military code of justice and others. And uh, it's really a good in-depth uh, um, way to check that out. And uh, so I'm going to continue on with prayer, if that's all right. That's where, uh, that's where we get our power from. So, Creator Father, we pray in the name of Yeshua for all patriots, military, and Christians who are learning the truth about the times we are living in and make a difference by their actions and prayers and spread the truth to others. The book of Jude describes plainly the cause and effect of what we are living through today. And Jesus said long ago, I have foretold you all things to his apostles and to us and to his world for all um, to read. So, Father, let us take the wisdom that your word gives us and use it today to eliminate the babble and confusion of this world's ways. Because compared to your word, the threat of this deception of the world seems like it's from misguided little children. Strengthen us in mind, body, and spirit to carry out the tasks that are needful in your eyes for us to do, Father. Put up a dome of protection that's impenetrable by our evil enemies around us and uh, Put a dumb protection on our family and our friends and around America and, the pat and patriots and Christians everywhere and children. So, Father, send your holy angels to guard and protect us in time of need. Give us provisions to carry out our tasks to completion for mind, body, and spirit. Cleanse us in the blood of Jesus and wash away our sin and impurities so we may start anew. So thank you, Father, for your love, kindness, and grace, Father. Bring your glory and bring your presence in our lives. And we give you all the glory and praise for the victory as it, as it was always your plan as written in the Bible. So in Yeshua's precious name, we say, God save the Republic. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Pass, pass Thank you. Pass more of that hot chocolate. Give me some more of that hot chocolate over there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for everybody that participated tonight. <laughs> God bless our republic, and uh, see you next week, America.
Thank you, Doctor. God bless you, Senator. God bless all of you. Amen. God bless America. Good night. Bye, everybody. Be blessed.